Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Evan Brand, a certified functional medicine practitioner and nutritional therapist operating worldwide via phone, Skype, FaceTime, whatever it takes to speak with you and help you. That's what I do. It's my sincere honor. I love my job. Very grateful. Today, we're chatting with a client of mine named Rebecca, and we're talking about her and her daughter. This is a fun one. You all have given me such great feedback, so I really appreciate it because the show can be molded towards your fancy. If you like it and you give me feedback, I can do more of that. And so posting these episodes with clients, I've gotten more good feedback than any other interview ever. So that's why I'm doing this one, and we'll continue to do more because it's fun. You know, People want to hear what the heck's going on with other people. People want to know that you're not crazy, and you're not the only one suffering out there. And there are answers, and there is hope. And there is the possibility that you can reverse your health conditions. That's what I do. I mean, that's my job. So it's a lot of fun. I've got a mom that we're going to speak with about a little kid who's had a lot of issues with autism and motor tics and other things. We've got a really cool story that we'll have to record it. We haven't done it yet, but the mom was just so excited on the follow-up call. She couldn't contain herself. So I was like, you know what? We need to interview you. She's like, I would love to. I'm telling everybody. So a lot of fun. All right, so let's get into this episode. First, I'll just plug myself. If you need to reach out, if you need help, you can look at the full list of conditions that I work on on my site if you'd like. Autism, Lyme. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of a lot of kids, and that's something you know, I wasn't trained necessarily as a pediatric functional medicine practitioner, but what I'm discovering is that these supposedly functional or integrative pediatricians that these parents are taking their kids to they're not so functional after all. They're still prescribing tons of antibiotics. They're still putting these kids on antifungal medications and antiparasite medications and pinworm medications. And I use herbs instead. And so working with kids is fun too because they get better faster than adults generally speaking because hopefully, which this isn't always the case, we've got many, many toxic kids that we see, but hopefully, generally speaking, the kids are less toxic than the parents because they've just been on the planet less but you know what? I've seen five-year-old children that are more toxic than 75-year-old women. So it is unfortunate. The kids are very toxic in most cases, but hey, there's a handful. They're like, wow, hey, he's young. He's not contaminated. Hooray. And then we get to celebrate. But if you want to reach out, you can do so at my website, evanbrand.com. I've got Megan on staff as well. So if my availability is booked up and you need to be seen right away, I've trained Megan on all my protocols. She has all the same nutritional therapy and functional medicine background as I do. And so we can get you in, you know, hopefully within just a couple of weeks with her. And then all the follow-up calls are with me where we actually review your labs. You know, we're looking at stool. We're looking at organic acids panels. We're running comprehensive blood panels, except for New York. New York is the worst in terms of getting blood work done. So a lot of times we have to have clients go out of the state of New York to get their blood work done if we need it. But that's the only really logistical problem in the U.S., Worldwide, you know, we're able to handle it. The little extra shipping fees, like we've got clients in Australia, pay a little more money to ship to and fro, but that's it. Otherwise, you still get the same level of care around the world. So go read my reviews. A lot of cool stories on there. But here's one from Rebecca. So enjoy. Hey, Rebecca, can you hear me now? I can. Okay, cool. Let's dive in. Well, thanks for joining me. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's chat about your daughter. She's nine years old and. You can now. Oh, she's ten. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, she t- it was it was in April. All right, but well, the, um, the way t- the way time flies, I can't keep up with birthdays of everybody. <laughs> All right, so she's ten now, and 
when you brought her to me, she had psoriasis, and I can't remember exactly. I know the arm was involved, but I believe there were some other other places on her skin that were affected too. Can you just tell me exactly what was going on? Yeah, there were lots of spots. It just kind of popped up out of nowhere, all over her chest, all over her upper arms, um, and her legs, mostly kind of on her shins. Okay, now, did you all do any of the conventional rabbit hole stuff before you got to me? So I had, I've had psoriasis since high school, um, and so I had gone through all of that. I've seen specialists. We live right near Boston, so, you know, supposedly the top doctors are right here. So I went to specialists my whole life, lots of different medications, serious medications like the biologics, all, the, all kinds of hardcore stuff, and so, and I, it got me nowhere. So when she popped up with it, I knew I didn't want to do any of that with her. Um, and so, you know, we tried just sort of topical creams um, for a little while. And then... Like steroids was, or antihistamines or yeah, what were they? Well, I, no, they were mostly just steroids. I had some that I use occasionally um, if I have a flare. And so I would put a little bit on her and, you know, it might work a little bit. But I, I was worried about using it sort of widespread all over her body because of, you know, all the side effects. And so we kind of test out a few patches here and there and, um, it really didn't make a difference. So how long you said it popped out of nowhere and then how long was the skin issue going on before you came to me? I think you said about a year. So I was trying to figure out timeline. So, uh, um, it popped up over the summer and I think we saw you for the first time in January. Okay. Um, and it was part of our, so it was heartbreaking to see it happen. She was really upset about it, um, really embarrassed. Luckily, it happened. She she was able to cover up for a lot of the year, you know, because it was colder weather. But as we got closer to the spring, she would start to panic a little bit. And she, the worst part was she said, um, Mama, for my 10th birthday, I just want to have my psoriasis gone. So that yeah, was the worst. That's heavy. Yeah. And she used to say, I don't even remember what it's like to not have psoriasis. But then we went, I had mentioned to you, she was going to be in a wedding, in my cousin's wedding. And we went with her sister and her little cousin to um, try on dresses, to pick out dresses. And to see the look on her face when she put on a dress that, you know, showed her arms. And it was just, it was really upsetting. Um, And so I can't remember what exactly the timeline was. I don't think we had seen you when that happened. But I think I called you soon after that and got her in with you, um, and that must have been around January. Yeah, I remember that story, and I was just like, "Oh gosh, like this is this is heavy." And, and I had my fingers crossed, and I thought, "Okay, let's work as fast as we possibly can. Let's try to get her skin healed up by the wedding." How how did all that come about? I don't know if we if we talked about the exact timeline of of when the wedding was and and what improvements you saw with the skin. What 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 ended up happening? You know, day of the wedding. So the wedding was in June, and she was um, maybe 98% clear. It was, I can't even tell you, you know, what a celebration it was for her to not have to think about that. She looked gorgeous. I should send you a picture of her. You should. I would love to have that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it was amazing for her. She was free and confident, and, and it made a world of difference for her. That, that, I mean, that's priceless. I, I kind of joke with you, like, how much is that worth? I mean, I, I can't even put a price tag on that. Absolutely. Yeah, to see her suffer with that all the, for, for the, you know, the months that it was really bad, and then to see her sort of get hope as it would start to fade, it was 
you definitely can't put a price tag on that. Well, so I would like to talk about some of her labs and what we investigated and what we found to help me fix this stuff. Is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we ran a stool test on her because I told you, I said, hey, mom, look, skin issue, probably a gut issue. So let's look there and see what we can find. And sure enough, we got her to do the stool sample, which was great. Uh, She had some Yersinia show up, which is a bacterial pathogen. She had a handful of bacterial overgrowth, a couple in the autoimmune triggering category. One specifically was the Klebsiella. Klebsiella can affect the thyroid, so I told you we definitely want to prioritize that. And then some other stuff too, like things I see every day, streptococcus, staphylococcus. Luckily, she didn't have parasites or worms, and I thought, okay, we see some answers, not... Not 20 infections, but we see a handful of stuff here. Hopefully, this is enough that is causing her problem. Let's fix it. And then towards the bottom of her stool test, on page four, we saw that her secretory IgA was high. And that just said, hey, her immune system is overfiring, which would make sense because her skin was basically getting attacked by her immune system. So that was a good find for me. I was like, okay, this this makes a lot of sense. And then her gut was really inflamed. I don't know if you remember this, but her calprotectin level, anything above 50 is considered high. She was at 209. So her gut was pretty darn inflamed. And then below that, there was a marker called beta-glucuronidase that we looked at. Anything above 2,400 was high. She was at 3,600, which meant that she was recirculating a lot of her toxins. So this could have been hormones. This could have been any chemical in the food, anything that was put on her skin. She basically had a closed-loop system. And the skin is a detox organ if the other organs are not keeping up. And so it made sense why all this happened. It sucked, but it made sense once we at least saw the stool test. And then we did a urine test too. So we did the organic acid. That's where we found the candida. I was glad that we did this too because if you remember, the stool test didn't find it. Right. And we thought, okay, does she have candida or not? Well, it turns out she did. The levels weren't off the chart, but it was enough to say, hey, this makes sense. And then some mitochondrial issues, which I don't think were really related to the skin. And then amino acids were pretty low. So we said, hey, look, she's probably not digesting proteins too well. Let's get her doing some of the enzymes. Did she do well with that? Like taking the pills, the enzymes? She did fine. I used to sneak them into non-dairy ice cream and she, she just, she was invested in finding a solution. So she did fine. That's cool. Okay, so basically, I don't remember the exact timeline, but give or take, what what did you see progress-wise? You said she was like 98% cleared. How long was that? Yeah. I don't even remember. So it must have been just about four months that we saw that big difference because by the wedding. So I saw you in January, or she saw you in January, and then by June, she was 98% clear. So I think around three or four months in, it really started to fade, and it just – the way it happened was it just got lighter and lighter and lighter until it was just gone. That's cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the labs now. So those looks like like the organic acid that was done in April. And so I didn't even okay. get the answers until April. And then you said the wedding was in June. Yeah, I think maybe did we start with just the stool? I Let's think we see. might have started with just the stool. And then the next time we talked to you, we had the organic acid results. Yep, that you're right. Yep. So it looks like the stool was in March. Then you got the urine in April. So what I'd probably said is, hey, look, I've got enough answers here. Let's start a protocol. And then if yeah. we see that the urine test changes anything, you and I were going to change the protocol, which 
honestly, the only thing we found there was the candida and the herbs that I was giving her for the bacteria would have already been killing the candida. So it was kind of cool because we were killing stuff that didn't belong, but we didn't even know it was there until later. Yeah. Which is fun. Okay. And then, and then, so you and I did a follow up. I don't remember when it was not too long ago, maybe a month or two ago. And, and you were like, Hey Evan, guess what? The skin issue is not good again. So talk me through that. So it went, it, uh, so just backtracking a little bit, the first time we saw you, you recommended a, a huge change in diet, which we did. Um, and I think that was a big part of, of her success. We got rid of um, grain. We j- basically went on, on an AIP protocol, um, and it worked great for her. It was challenging, for sure, although the family, my immediate family was so supportive. Everyone tried to do it with her, which was great. Her little sister was into it with her, um, and I think that made a big difference. But, of course, you know, it's tough with kids to do it long term. So we kind of lightened up on the diet, got a little lazy, and suddenly we saw a few spots pop up on her chest. Nothing like what she had before. Um, But she was aware enough. She came to me and pointed them out. And and so, you know, I talked to you because I was seeing you at the time. So I talked to you about her her few spots and you said you have to dial in the diet again, which we did. We are now, um, I think we're maybe on week four of that and you can see the spots fading again cool and yeah and this is this is fun for us because this is like a conversation and and a follow-up in one so i'm, I'm glad to hear because you and i haven't talked since i told you that so i'm glad to hear it's working right. and, and here's yeah. the thing too you know a lot of us and i'm guilty of this too a lot of us when the symptoms that we were trying to fix go away we just we loosen up the reins. We're like, oh, everything's great. Let's go back and let's do this cupcake at this birthday party, or let's do this. And it's yeah. not to say don't have fun, but when you feel better, all of a sudden you think you can go off the rails, and then you go off the rails a little bit, and then you're like, dang it, I really can't go off the rails as much as I wanted to. And and maybe she will be able to. Maybe we've just got a little more gut healing work to do with her, and then all of a sudden, maybe she could get away with a cupcake, and then it doesn't flare up her her skin. It's hard to say. Yeah, but part of what's been nice is that she's really made the connection between what she eats and, and what happens on her skin. And so this, sec- this most recent time that we've worked on her diet, she's so much more invested in it and has much more confidence when she says no to things. Um, recently, she was at a friend's house who offered her ice cream, and she said, no, thank you, and they offered her chips, and she said, no, thank you. And the person said to her, I'm a little worried about you, Sophia. It seems like you're not really eating that much lately. And she just sort of rolled her eyes because she knows, but the people, some of the people around us don't, aren't as, as supportive or aren't as understanding of what she's working at. But it, it doesn't matter now because she could take responsibility for it. Yeah. So how, how did you approach that? What, who, I guess you don't have to say exactly who, but what kind of pushback did you see? And then what do you do to, to work through it? So this was um, some extended family who, when we originally told them about her appointment with you, they, I almost hesitate to say that they said, um, you know, you have the best doctors in the world right in your backyard. I don't know why you're doing this. You're in a cult. You just need to see the doctor and everything will be fine. And we just ignored that. It was hurtful. And, and so we just made it clear that we didn't want that repeated to Sophia because she, this, she was at the beginning of this journey and it was still pretty challenging for her. Um, and it was upsetting that they didn't support, but we had lots of other people who were incredibly supportive. Um, and so we just worked on it with Sophia and talked to her about 
why it was important for her to take responsibility. And we didn't get super strict. You know, there were plenty of times that I said, you decide if you want to eat a piece of pizza or not. You know what we're working on. And so you can make your own choice. I love. Um, I actually but, love hearing that. Like some people are afraid to tell me stuff like that, but I love hearing that because it just makes me smile. Because for one, I'm not a medical doctor. Two, I'm not a dermatologist. But I have more success with skin issues than all of the specialists combined. And that's not even just to toot my horn. That's just the reality. Yeah, and I mean, I spent my you know probably 20 years of my life seeing specialists, and I got nowhere. So it was clear that that approach wasn't working for anyone. Yep. Yep. So, so where's she at now? So you, you dialed things back in and would you say the skin is, are you still at the 90 plus percent better or did, did you backtrack further? Oh no, for sure. She has now just a few spots on her chest. They're tiny. They're like almost like pinpoint, um, spots. And, um, and that is sort of like her barometer. You know, if she sees that pop up or start to get inflamed, she knows she has to do something and it's not, sort of a control issue it's just it's it's her um making the choice to do things in a way that supports her health yeah. and so we really i my husband and i don't have to do a lot with her now we just sort of guide her and make sure she has what she needs to make the right choices that's cool now she didn't have really any other symptoms or complaints but is there anything else that you've seen that's gotten better maybe things that you didn't know were happening until they got better and you're like oh all of a sudden this is happening well, you know what's fascinating, I, you and we talked about this at, at the last time you and I spoke, but um, she had huge circles under her eyes, and not circles, bags under her eyes. And I, I always thought, you know, that's just sort of what she looks like right now, and maybe it's adolescence or hormones or whatever. As soon as we dial back the diet, the circles disappear maybe in like three or four days. It's fascinating. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's hard to say, like, is that, you know, some would argue that's liver, some would argue that's just inflammation from a certain food. Either way, I'm just glad that it got better. I do remember that now. I do remember when we did, because we did FaceTime, and I do remember seeing her and seeing the bags. They weren't they weren't bad, but you could tell that, it, you know, it just looked like she was tired, basically. Yeah, I never thought it was bad until I saw her without it. And then I realized, wow, they were really were significant. That's the fun part for me. I always love to hear people say, hey, this got better. I didn't even know that that was part of something that could be changed. And then it changed. So, yeah. Well, let's chat more about yeah, you it, because you and I did a, a, a little brief chat and I put like literally 20 seconds or 30 seconds on the podcast. And people, I, I got more emails from that than anything ever in the history of doing this for six years. So first of all, I'm very grateful for you to share your story and I'm grateful for your time. Your time is extremely valuable. You're a therapist yourself. And so that's, you know, time that you're taking out of your day to spend with me. So first of all, thank you. And, and, well, sure. and, to do it. and, and let's chat more about you. Cause people are like, wow, what a tease. Because all I did was I posted the part where you said, yeah, I had this issue and then everything's better. The end. And then people are like, okay, that was like yeah. not even worth you posting because it was just a tease. So so if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of backstory about what was going on with you. You you first came to me with your daughter, and then you said, hey, Evan, I want to fix her first, and then we'll work on me. And that's what we did. Right. So just backing up a little bit, I um, maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago, my doctor, I have high cholesterol, and my primary care kept on pushing me, you know, I want to put you on Lipitor, let's do this, let's do this. And I kept saying no. Finally, I said yes, because she scared me. Um, and then sort of around the same time, I was having a ton of migraines that got so much worse. And so I went to see a specialist 
in Boston, supposed to be the top guy. And I will never forget, he said to me, um, you know, you so with migraines, you basically have the gene or you don't. It's like, you know, having blue eyes. Um, it's just part of who you are and you just have to accept it. So let me put you on this preventative medicine and let me give you another medicine to um, that you can take when you get a migraine. So at one point I was, I was like, you know, had just turned 40. I was on Lipitor. I was on this migraine preventative medicine that was making my hair fall out and just making me a wreck. And I just thought, like, this is crazy. This isn't the way to go. What happened with that so drug? Talk- what was going on when you were taking that? I don't, it, it, so it just, the thing I noticed, you know, vanity is kind of a big deal when you're around 40. And so the thing I noticed was maybe my hair was falling out and I thought this is out of control. But then when I started to pay more attention to what was going on, I was experiencing other, I just wasn't feeling good. Lots of um, gastrointestinal stuff, um, just a lot of discomfort, not good energy. Um, and who knows if that was the Lipitor or if that was the migraine medicine, but um, it was just, it was so upsetting. So I was talking to a friend of mine who told me that she does the ketogenic diet. So I thought, like, what do I have to lose? So I tried it and um, I couldn't, I had huge success with it. My migraines went down significantly. Um, My uh, my cholesterol was still high, which my doctor had always told me was genetic. My mother has high cholesterol. My sisters do. So she sort of was like, you're going to have to be on Lipitor for the rest of your life. But when I had my cholesterol retested, it was still relatively high, but the triglycerides had gone from like, you know, 160 to 60 or 70, something crazy. So when I saw that I could sort of take control through diet, I really stuck with it, started to get off of those other medications. Um, But I think I, I, well, I now know I wasn't doing the diet right. It was sort of a lot of salami and cheese and heavy cream and things like that, really not enough vegetables and not enough eating seasonally and things like that. Um, and so I don't know if this was related, but I start, once I resolved some of those other issues, I started to feel some pain in my joints and it kind of, it just built slowly um, until it got to the point where it felt pretty unbearable. And that's when I came to see you. Um, I knew you through Sophia. And so I decided it was time to invest in my own health. Um, and that was, I would say, we talked about this a little bit before, it was, the peak was probably around this time last year, maybe a little bit later, Um, and at its peak, it was really debilitating. I like to be active, I like to ride horses and ride bikes with my kids, and and I couldn't do any of that stuff. I couldn't sit down, I couldn't stand up, everything was painful. Was that due to pain, or was that range of motion that you had lost, or what all had changed? Everything. So I felt it in my joints. But I also felt um, a lot of pain in my muscles, n- no range of motion really anywhere. It just, suddenly I just felt like I was 90, which I now know is not how you're supposed to feel when you're 90. But um, so I, it, it just interfered with everything. That makes sense. And then, so we dialed some stuff in. Let me pull up your labs. I'm just curious to look back and see what kind of answers we had for you. Because, you know, the diet's great. And, and I think you did a great job of of starting, but as you saw, and, and I wouldn't be doing what I do if, if the diet were enough, right? Like if the diet fixed everybody, I wouldn't have to do what I have to do. How much better did you get with the diet piece? What percent? At that point, I didn't have any of the pain. I just was working on the migraine and the cholesterol stuff and the energy and the gastrointestinal stuff. And, And all of that stuff pretty much resolved. 
Um, I still have migraines occasionally, or I still had migraines occasionally, but nothing like what I was having prior to that. Okay. And then did the pain come back? Like, so you did the diet, the pain pain went away, and then did it come back? And then that's when you came to me or what was the the order? So the pain, so I did the diet and um, cleared everything else out. And then the pain came, you know, maybe a year later. And so I kind of tolerated the pain for a little while. And then I came to you. Okay. Makes sense. All right. And then the pain you said was like, did you say you felt like crying or you actually did cry when you'd put your pants on in the mornings? When I talked to the girls about doing this with you today, they said, Mama, please don't talk about putting your pants on. It's a good story. That really, That's a great story. Is, I, I, that, that was like just a reminder every day. Um, you know, it hurt. I was in pain all throughout the day, but first thing in the morning was always much worse. And so getting dressed for work, um, there were times that I got teary. It was awful. And it was upsetting because I didn't want my girls to see me like that and, and think of me as limited. I didn't want my husband to think of me that way. So it was really upsetting. Yeah. And then, and then what, what's your status now? Cause you and I f- followed up, but you know, things always change. So what's, what's the latest with you? So the latest is I'm great. Everything is great. I have a tiny bit of pain occasionally. Um, but just like Sophia and her spots on her chest, when I have a little bit of pain, it's a reminder to me that I have to do something. Um, I have to change something. And that's been really one of the biggest lessons here. You know, with all this sort of traditional doctors, they what they suggested or what their approach always kind of separated me from my body and made me feel like I was working against my body. Um, and now the difference is I can work with my body. My body can give me cues and I can respond. Um, and I, so I, it's really incredibly empowering. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the empowerment piece. I mean, I try to teach people how to fish, you know, if you need me forever, then I'm doing something wrong. Obviously I love speaking with you and your daughter, but you know, I, I want to get to the point where, Hey, maybe we just check in like once a year or something. You say, Hey, I had this little random thing pop up, anything we can do about it. And then we'll, we'll chat, you know, so that, that's my goal is to try to get people off the merry-go-round because the conventional big pharma approach is, Hey, let's get you on this drug. Let's keep you on this drug, whether it's, uh, what's the, what's the one they would have prescribed you? Cause you, cause you know, they said, Oh, you have psoriatic arthritis. What were they going to give you? Was it the, it's the one that the golfer takes on. I, I don't even have a TV, so I'm, yeah, I'm out of the so, loop, but he takes, um, Oh God, now I forget it. It's something that I took when I was dealing with my psoriasis. I'll have to look It's it one up. of the biologics, the digestible. Um, but my doctor actually, this is one of many things that was ridiculous that I heard from traditional doctors. She, once she gave me the diagnosis, just kind of as a rule out, we talked about that before, she didn't really have any definitive information about it. She just sort of guessed that, that that's what it was. And she said to me, okay, well, it's not bad enough for medication yet, so we can talk in a couple of months or a year. And I thought, wow, that's just, so she didn't talk about any kind of diet or any kind of improvements or lifestyle changes. She just basically said, we'll get you on meds when it's time. So yeah, so let's just wait. Let's do nothing except play the waiting game. Let's wait until it's so bad that now you're eligible to take this prescription drug. Right, That's, exactly. that's just ridiculous, isn't it? I'm try- yeah, absolutely. I'm trying yeah. to find the name of this drug. So the guys, is it Phil, is it Nicholson, Phil Nicholson? Phil, I think it's Enbrel. Yeah, Enbrel, that that's the one. Yep, yeah. that's the one, and and that's the most common so I, one. I had taken that for my psoriasis, and one of the side effects is lymphoma. No way. 
Yeah, I see yeah. it here. Yeah, so so Enbrel, they call it Intonercept, a biopharmaceutical that treats autoimmune diseases. It's been used to treat rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis. Ah, okay. Plaque psori- yeah, psoriasis, and then ankylosing spondylitis. Interesting. And I'm not even singling out just this drug. I'm singling out the whole system as a whole. It's like yeah. it, your issue was not a deficiency of that pharmaceutical. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I see here you're talking about some of the side effects on there. Yeah, it's like nervous system yeah, problems. Were. Oh, new or worsening heart failure, blood problems, which you might die. Some of these issues are fatal. I mean, it's like that. I mean, I, I just can't even believe that that's an option, you know, and, and, and I don't. I don't want to say, hey, look, there's there's no place for for doctors. Like, there there's definitely a a place for them, but in a case like your daughter's with the skin issue, there's not a dermatologist that's probably going to run a stool test on you and give her herbs to take care of the infections in her gut. I just I, I haven't heard of one. If you guys are out there, if you're a dermatologist that's running stool testing, I'm really proud of you, and please reach out to me so that I can interview you. But what do you think? I don't think that you're going to find that down the street in Boston. No, absolutely not. And it's, it's, you know, you said, I can't believe this is even an option, but I think what's upsetting is that when you're in a situation where you're desperate, you know, when your child is unhappy and covered in, in psoriasis or when you yourself is have, you're, you're in pain, it, they present it like, well, this is really the only option. Your body is sort of doing a horrible thing. And the only thing that you can do is try and squash it with this, bomb of a medicine right um, and i'm not and, judging and i'm not judging any parents out there any kids out there look if you've gone down the rabbit hole trust me I, i'm right there with you i don't judge you i'm just saying man i hate that that's if you were to go to the urgent care the immediate care your primary care i hate that that's the rabbit hole and the, the path you're going to end up on yeah yeah because it really gets you nowhere well i'm so glad to hear about Sophia and I'm so glad that her skin was awesome for the wedding like when I I love when I when I get a challenge like that to me it's it's always a challenge it's like okay we've got a timeline we've got an event this isn't just hey for vanity purposes we want to fix the skin it's like no look this is like something she'll remember for the rest of her life I love being put under the gun like that I guess it's a good stress for me it's like I'm gonna do it and I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to so that's cool when, happened. Anything else that you want to say to, to people or any maybe any questions you have about anything that maybe I can answer? Maybe other people have the same question in your head that, that I can answer? I don't know that I have any specific questions. I think you probably face this all the time. Um, it's hard. I want to spread the word now. You know, I kind of want everyone to know that they have options instead of you know, just feeling like they have to deal with these pharmaceuticals that get them nowhere and that do harm. And it's kind of frustrating when, you know, I have a couple of friends whose kids are going through things now and I've mentioned functional medicine to them and they, you know, they're polite and they just sort of shake their head and yeah, okay, but they, you know, they're not going to follow through. And it's, it's upsetting for people, for me. What do they say to you? I mean, I'm happy to be able to tell my story. They just, they, they're just polite. Oh, okay. Thanks. You know, and that's it. And I know that they're not going to look, you know, I send, I recently sent two of my friends a link to your website. Who know, You know, I, I, my hope is that at some point they'll feel desperate enough to look at other options. Um, and, you know, when they're ready for that, they'll, they'll have you or they'll have other resources, but it's, it's hard to get the word out there. I know. And it's hard to get people to buy into it. I have luckily, 
some of my family members are incredibly supportive and have made big changes in their life as a result of what they've seen us do. But then there are plenty of people who are not supportive or think it's really a negative or want us to just just shut up and listen to the doctors. So I think if we can kind of work it a way to spread the word, which I know you do all the time, especially through your podcast, it's a great way. Um, then I think it's really, it's beneficial for everybody. Yeah, it's always interesting, like what causes people to pull the trigger. You know, I, I have people that say they've suffered for five years. I have people that say they suffered for five months. Some people that, you know, I've got women in their 70s and 80s, and they've had, you know, diarrhea or gut issues for 50 years. And I'm like, okay, you suffered for 50 years and you finally ended up here? Like, that is crazy. So... Well, you also get to the point where you just sort of think that that stuff is normal. Oh, this is this must be how I'm built or whatever it is. And and to recognize that it's not normal and you can do something about it is huge. That's true. Yeah, well, the age factor too, right? I, I've heard so many times, oh, my doctor said when you hit 40, I should expect this or I should expect hair to fall out or yeah. my vision to change or whatever else. What What's the status of your hair? I don't think maybe we talked about that on our own call together, but I can't remember. Oh, it's fine. It, every, it came back. Everything's fine. It's sweet. I mean, I'd like it to be thicker and longer like any woman, but no, it's good. Okay. Well, I mean, we can continue to work on that. There are certain specific nutrients we could use for hair, skin, nails. I'm sure we can, we can move the needle. And as long as we continue to keep your gut in, in good shape, then you should be digesting your foods well. We know the diet's dialed in. So it's always a matter of how much do you digest? Because I told you by the time you hit age 40, you're making less enzymes and acids every year. So, you know, supplementing and making sure that if you're eating a grass-fed steak, you get as much nutrition from that as you possibly can. That's your insurance policy, you know, your enzymes. Mm. Yeah, I have your digestive enzymes on my desk right now. I have them in my car and at home, and I feel like that has made a really big difference for me. You can play with them too. I mean, if you want to try just one capsule and see like, hey, I feel pretty good. What I'm looking for really is the absence of symptoms. So if you're like, hey, I get a little bit sleepy after my lunch. Okay, maybe you bump up your enzymes to two or three. And then if you still get sleepy, maybe you go up to four. And then if you're like, hey, all of a sudden I'm not sleepy anymore. I ate my meal. I feel perfectly fine, ready to go back to work. That's the sweet spot. So there's not really a right or a wrong or a black or a white. It's just kind of like this loose structure if you will of the dosing with those mm. did you do that i don't okay. know if we talked about that before yeah well you suggested that I, i've mostly just been taking two and it seems to be working well for me but uh, it's nice to know that i have options for making changes as my body changes or my environment changes yeah and if you're like super stressed maybe you need an extra or if you're super chilled out or it's on the weekend you're hanging out with the kids maybe you don't need them at all for those meals you know it's not a yeah. it's not i, I hate for people to think like they get the, the prescription, you're going to take this for the rest of your life. I don't like the sound of that. So I just say, take it. And then maybe you take a month off and see how you do. And if you're fine on that month off, then maybe you stay off. But if you go backwards, then just revisit it. I love that you, there's an ability to go on and off and you shouldn't have massive fluctuations as opposed to like, Hey, you're on this drug, you're off this drug. You're now you got to monitor your liver enzymes with these with these autoimmune medications. I mean, that's just, that just doesn't sound fun. I'm just glad that we're able to do something else. I, I mentioned to another client, this is considered like alternative, but it's like, not really. This is just what was done before the drugs existed. Like those drugs didn't exist 50, 60 years ago. So what were, were they doing then? They weren't doing this. 
Right. I'd like to see. Yeah, and it's just amazing that you can, in the power of your body to heal itself when you give it the right stuff or you resolve, you know, any issues that are going on. I'm, I'm just a tour guide. You know, I tell people, look, I'm just going to guide you and then it's going to happen. I'm not like coming in and fixing it. I'm just like removing your roadblock, so to speak. Mm. I was trying to find, I was like- trying to find the sales numbers. So drugs.com, you can read about all these different pharmaceuticals and usually it tells you like the best selling drugs and how much money they make. Did you know, by the way, did you know that cancer drugs are the number one most profitable drugs? They have the highest markup. They have, I, I want to say on average, it's 10,000% markup on cancer drugs. Yeah, it's big business. So here's Enbrel. I'm looking now. Humira is the number one most popular. I'm looking at top 10. So this is this is a legit study right here by Evaluate Pharma, just for, for your sake and for other people that are curious. Humira, which is also in the same category of like these, I guess you call them biologics or these autoimmune type prescriptions. Yeah. That one is the number one bestseller by a long shot. In 2018, 20 billion with a B is in Bob, 20 billion dollars worth of sales are expected for Humira. Last year in 2017 it was 18 billion. And then Enbrel came in third place. That one last year sold 7 billion dollars worth. This year they're expecting 8 billion dollars worth. And then you've got like and then you've got like what else you've got here? I can't even pronounce these things. I won't even try to. I know you've got Remicade. I know I can pronounce that one. You've got Xarelto, which is the common blood thinner. All of them are above $6 billion per year. I think you spent, what, maybe you and your daughter both with all of your supplements just supplement the supplement part of it. Now, testing is its own expense, but the supplements may be, what, 1000 bucks for both of you? Yeah, if that. I mean, the testing is, and I think that's another important point. The testing seems expensive, and, and that was sort of my challenge, or one of my roadblocks when I thought about, you know, I never thought about it, but I never doubted hooking you up with Sophia. But when it came to me, I thought, oh, I don't know if I can afford the testing. It's, it really is true that you can't afford not to, because if you can resolve the issue, then that testing seems like nothing, that the price of the testing seems like nothing compared to what you'll spend you know, if you're dealing with the pharmaceuticals. Well, the sad thing too, and I've seen this with my grandmother and she just won't listen to me, is you you get on one drug and then that drug has to have this drug with it to work good or they'll put you on this blood thinner plus this heart drug, but then you've got to take this other drug because this gets affected from that drug. I mean, then you're on four or five or six of them. So cost aside, that's nuts. I, I, I never, ever, ever want to do that. If I get you know, disabled, let's say, God forbid, I get in some car accident, please you or somebody that's listening, reach out and come rescue me with with my own methods. Because (laughs) I I mean, think about it, like if I got in a wreck, they're going to put me in the hospital. And who knows what they're going to do to me. I just hope my wife or somebody can speak up for me and not put me down the rabbit hole that I have to watch everybody else get sucked out of. It's just it's it's scary how quickly things can can change. For example, my grandmother, she had I don't know what her issue was. I don't know if it was a headache or what, but she went from just not feeling well within three days to being in the emergency room at the hospital. And then they're pumping her full of this and that and IV antibiotics and anti-nausea drugs and whatever else. She gets discharged. Then her gut's a wreck. 
you know, she can't stay off the toilet. So then she gets dehydrated from the diarrhea, which was caused from the antibiotics, killing all the good bacteria in the gut. So then they're wanting to give her some other drugs and Hey, you may need to come back to the, to the hospital for IV fluids. It's like, man, like 72 hours. And you could go from just hanging out at your house, not feeling well to major intervention. And it just becomes that cycle that's hard to get out of. Yeah. So luckily I was able to you know, fortunately, she listened to me on one thing. She will not listen to me on anything else, but I did get her to take some probiotics. I gave her one of my really high-potency ones, and within three days, we got the diarrhea to stop. So that was a good win. But in terms of the wow. other stuff, I mean, she just says, Evan, I'm old. I'm not going to stop eating my muffins. I'm like, okay, you know, you're... It's hard to change people's minds. I know, but if look how good you feel. Like, if you could just press a button and get somebody that has pain to stop the pain, like I would say they'd probably be convinced. Like if you were to say, okay, Miss Sally, I'm going to press this button. Here's what you could feel like. Beep. Okay. Now I'm going to put you back to the way you currently feel. Beep. Okay. And all you have to do is this, this, and that. Are you going to do it? I mean, I feel like people would say yes, don't you? Well, it is true. I think until you have a health challenge, you definitely take it for granted. And then to know what it feels like to be in pain all day makes you much more open to different ideas. Luckily, I had I, I had found you. I was able to sort of get a set of ideas that worked for me. But, you know, for people who, who aren't open to that or, or don't have access to that for whatever reason, they end up just sort of following what their doctor says. And it is that whole cycle that's um, it makes you feel helpless and it makes you feel like you're, um, the doctor is just kind of the only one there to save you. Right. Um, and so it is, there's no empowerment there. Yeah. And, and I'm not the only guy out there that could help people, but I like, I like to make it fun. And I, and I hope so far for you and for your daughter, I, I hope it's been a, a, a fun journey and not this whole like bow down, kiss my feet type of thing. It's more of like, Hey, we're in this thing together. Like we're tag team in this, we're partners in this thing. And I feel like that's the way it should be. It is absolutely how it has been. And, and everybody sees you now as a resource and you're sort of it's almost like you're part of our family. You know, you'll come up in conversation and, and everybody sees you as, as somebody who can help, you know, empower us and connect us to our bodies rather than disconnecting us. So it's been a great journey for us. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll let you go. I don't want to take any more of your time, but I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to, to speak with you about this. It's just so cool, and I'm really happy for Sophia. I think we've got an appointment scheduled anyway, probably in a few months. So whenever that time comes, I'm sure you'll get the the calendar reminder, but I look forward to chatting with you and you know, look forward to chatting with Sophia again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Oh, man, that was a blast to listen back to. I don't even remember exactly what all we covered in that. That kind of tripped me out, the part where she's talking about me becoming a resource in someone's home, and they're referring to me at the dinner table. That's just absolutely astounding. It's really, really fun. It's truly my honor to be able to help people across the world. You know, think about, and this is message is kind of geared for practitioners, but think about if you are working in a physical brick and mortar location, you've got a population of 10,000 people, or let's say you've got a population of a million people, you're still only able to help those people in your local vicinity, which is great. You know, I don't think that we should completely replace the in-person care that exists, but I would not be able to reach the amount of people I've been able to reach if I was in that physical 
brick and mortar setting, which I actually started, you know, I used to work out of a chiropractor's office when I first started my practice. And so it's a really good experience. But what I learned is quickly that, you know, there's people in Norway that I've helped that I would never been able to help them in Kentucky. There's people in Florida, there's people in California, New York, Canada, Alaska, you've got uh, South America, you know, people throughout Colombia and Brazil that I've helped people in uh, Paraguay. Uh, We've got people in Spain, we've got people in the UK all over and Sweden and Finland and where else? Switzerland? What was I had a client yesterday. Where was she at? Maybe it was Sweden. Anyway, that's awesome. It's, it's so fun. If you want to reach out, well, first of all, if you enjoy these episodes, please give me some feedback. You can go stalk me on Instagram. I'm sure you're on Instagram. I just go on there to post pictures. I cannot get on that social media platform and it's a time sucker. It steals my time. So I cannot use it. I literally don't even have the Instagram app on my phone. I just upload photos from my wife's phone. I'll go log on my account on her phone because I cannot do it. Instagram, I just, I lose time. Same thing with Facebook. I only go to post content. That's it. I do not use social media, but Hey, you should, because you can follow me, right? My YouTube channel, over 10,000 subscribers there and a handful of new videos that I publish. So if you want to hear an hour functional medicine conversation condensed into a five or 10 minute lecture via whiteboard style, go to my YouTube channel. Just type in Evan Brand on YouTube. You'll find me. Uh, But what I was saying is the Instagram page, you can check me out there and give me some feedback. You know, go comment on one of my latest pictures. Give me some feedback on this style of podcast. I would love to hear if you enjoy hearing from my clients. I think it's cool to just highlight how cool the people are that I get to work with. You know, like that's so fun for me to be able to have these conversations and it's fun, right? This is just a blast. So please give me some feedback. And if you do need help, please reach out. You can check out my site, evanbrand.com, E-V-A-N, last name Brand, B-R-A-N-D, and you can also learn more about all the specific symptoms that I work on. I've also fixed things not on the list, but you know, fatigue issues, gut issues, those are kind of like top one and two, energy problems, weight problems, gut problems, but there's a bigger, bigger, bigger list on the site. So check it out. I hope you take good care of yourself and look forward to talking with you again real soon. Bye.